0: Vasily Petrenko, what are you most proud of having achieved in your first three years as principal conductor of the Royal
1: Liverpool film? The most proud I'm about audience. We achieved 40% growth of audience. Mm. And hopefully this habit for the classical music will just increase and increase in Liverpool, with the help from everyone, with the help from local governments, with the help from British government, mm. and the involvement of all good people, Northwest, and all the proper scousers as well.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now, you are in the process of recording all the Shostakovich symphonies, which is a huge project. Um, What's been your relationship with the symphonies, and why do you think they are such an important and unique achievement for our times?
1: Well, I think that, first of all, they've been in my life since I remember me. (laughs) They've been played... In St. Petersburg and regularly and we are even funny enough they're still being appreciated, most of them as a contemporary music in Russia and of course the top hits like the 5th, 7th, 8th or 10th, they are well received and well attended, but when you put something less usual like 12 or 11 or 4
0: really in Russia?
1: Yeah, uh, it might scary audience a little Where? bit so I can remember his music since the very beginning and to be honest it's the spirit of Leningrad, it's the true spirit of Leningrad. But
0: it's also a chronicle isn't it of Soviet life that, that extraordinary...
1: If talking about the historical context I'm staying actually on a position about a bit more broad picture about his symphonies because usually on the west is a lot of attention to the political side of, of it. While in Soviet Union and in Russia it's been absolutely opposite. The most attention has been about structural side and about the musical side, neglecting the political because it's been not allowed for many, many years. I think, first of all, it's a picture of his life. The whole cycle, in my point of view, is a huge biopic about the life of an artist in the 20th century under the Soviet Union regime. And not only reflecting the political side or historical side, reflecting his own life as well. Family life, um, relations with other composers, relations with the music society, his relations with some great musicians like Slavar Stroković, for instance. It's a history of the life of an artist.
0: Symphony number 14. Um, look, if we thought the 13th Symphony was dark, the 14th really is kind of Shostakovich's Dark Night of the Sun. I
1: wouldn't it? say that the 13th yeah. is dark, to be honest. It goes back. It's ironic, uh, but it has this fighting spirit.
0: Yeah, there always is that there, isn't there? While, even when it's very
1: dark. It's answer for the Musovsky. It it's says, it's, Shostakovich admitted it as an answer to the Songs of the Death. Songs a,
0: and Dances yeah. of Death by uh, Musovsky, yes. By Mussorgsky.
1: And uh, in Mussorgsky, in Mussorgsky there, there are some light moments and there are still some hope. A little bit, very little, comparing to other stuff. But uh, in Shostakovich, in the 14th, it's just feeling that it's nothing
0: afterwards We should explain that this symphony is for strings and percussion and two soloists, um, a soprano and bass, um, and is dedicated to Benjamin Britten. Um, whose who, did, way,
1: who did the first performance?
0: It, who did the first performance in Alber? And Albert. and whose way with words was also very potent. Um, and clearly there was a connection there. It was such an unlikely connection, wasn't it? Between
1: what? Or do you not think not? Well, I think it's been very likely connection. I actually found uh, the interesting points in Britain's music uh, on entirely different reasons. I think on the reasons of his own complexes. It's very introversive music as well. Yes. Hmm. I think the even in the War Requiem it's very introversive music, all the way through. And of course Britain been many times in the Soviet Union, even been lost once for a week. Do you know the story? No? no. It's actually the famous story, the Rostropovich said to Britain, uh, Britain came, I think it's been kind of premier of something. In about weeks. Britain came to Leningrad, met Slava with whom they've been in France. And said, Oh, let's go to Pushkinsky Gory. The Pushkinsky Gory that's a place where Pushkin had this country house. It's about 200 miles from St. Petersburg. That's a memorial place. It's like museum of the Pushkin. That's where he'd written Onig and all the famous stuff. Mm. And Slavo said, let's go there. I will just show you. And they left. And of course, there's been a time when the KGB tried to control everyone, but just, uh, but Rostropovich didn't say anything to them. Of course, well, he's been a big artist,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and they've been there. And then, in about four days, there's been an inquiry: where is Benjamin Britten? <laughs> and nobody knew. So they started to make you know kind of investigation. What happens? They couldn't find him in the hotel because he needed to be registered. He'd been registered, but he'd been not in. And they made an investigation. Then, in a the week. They suddenly found someone who said, oh yeah, he's with Rostropovich, and he took him probably into the Pushkinsky Gory. And then he came with all this, you know, police, and huge forces. And I that's literally, story, that's yeah. a little village. I mean, there's this museum. And apart from museum, there are very few houses. Mm. And it's village. Mm. It's uh, even hamlet, I would say. So they just door! almost crashed the door of the Hamlet, and then they found Sir Benjamin Britten by then already, in kind of, you know, really weird dress code because it's been a winter and he's Russian with a hat like that, and all these kind of things, looking at them just absolutely naked and shuddered, saying, what do I want from it, saying, oh, you, yeah, what happens? I don't remember. <laughs>
0: What do you think Shostakovich related to in Britain? Was it this solitude again? This I think Britain always regarded himself as a bit of an outsider. Yeah, uh, a little
1: alien. It's not an Englishman in New York, but uh, <laughs> uh, a little bit different from the mainstream of society. Yeah. And that's I think the same what Shostakovich felt by the end. That with all his achievement, with as he called them, uh, the liquors around. He felt really lonely. All his friends have gone. Some of them gone to the West. Some of them just died naturally or under circumstances. And he felt that time is running. Hmm. That's why he started to write these philosophical pieces with more more meaning rather than happening. Yeah. And that's what the 14th symphony is about. There are so many means in a, in a text, and actually very few notes. And that's what in, a, in the 14th symphony you have this texture. It's not eternal at all. That eternal plan and these beautiful melodies as well. Mm. It's just the story uh, that gradually moves from one to another. And that's a lot of links with (laughs)
0: Mussolski. I actually hear quite a bit of I, uh, Britain in the, uh, the the Britain of the Dawn interlude from Peter Grimes at the open oh, yeah. of the
1: piece. Yeah, of course. There the, are the, a the lot of Peter Grimes in, in this piece. Yeah. As well, the, you know, Peter Grimes, the chamber opera. And by the way, how it's been orchestrated, and by the way, how the voice used in Peter Grimes, a lot of links with, with the Shostakovich 14. But the poetry is very powerful, too, in itself. It's interesting that by the end, Shostakovich looked into the poetry more and more.
0: Hmm. He was very proud of this work, wasn't he? He's, he said, everything I've written up to now has been a preparation. Reparation. Absolutely. And, and so your comments about how demanding it is in terms of 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 its
1: transparency that's as usual demands less notes more difficult to record and uh, it moves back to the same sentence from Brahms when you just know exactly what you want to say how many notes do you want to spend to say the silence, much more powerful, always rather than the shouts and the cry, and that's what the Shostakovich been about, especially by the end of his life. The, um, the
0: there's a wonderful setting in the middle called the suicide, um, which um, seems one. to sit right in the piece, middle of the piece. And um, um, can you reflect on that at all? Cause we it's very, it at all. Because it's very,
1: very dark. Because. This suicide is not someone who just take a knife and just cut his veins or someone who take a rope and then put it on a hook it's a mental suicide of the person who uh, this suicide I think in this piece is uh, the suicide of you personality is when you Abandon your own personality and it's been actually a very very sensitive question for just question throughout all his life About how far he can go with saw commissioned pieces In writing them and what he can do about this and that to being himself all the time hmm. and what could be the I mean what could be victims on the altar basically and that's What is in a suicide? It's more about uh, your identity. It's more about deciding for yourself. Are you strong enough? Are you good enough?
0: so bleak. This piece, isn't it? Um, and it even ends, kind of mid-sentence, really, with this kind of cut-off. Well, like that at the that's, end. That's, is. that's
1: what it is. That's what is our life, you know. The the only story which uh, Shostakovich realized by then, uh, because he'd been through the whole the life full of fights. Uh, disappointments, glorifying moments, um, fantastic pieces of music—the music which he'd been absolutely unsatisfied, not only his but the others—and a society which has had absolutely different parts of the of the history. That by the end he came to to this point that the only truth in our lives is the death, and that's what it is and we can't predict it so it just comes and that's the uh, only thing which will be achieved by every human every single human in the world and that's what uh, in a way that's why it's a bleak and dark and groom peace but when you realize it and then especially realise throughout the peace and throughout the world that death coming, of course, the clock are ticking. But there's something which lives after us. What you start to think actually after listening to the Fourteenth Symphony, you just don't have a time. You're overloaded with these dark emotions while you're listening, but afterwards, that's a moment when you probably next morning. Mm. You're just awake, and then you start to think look about at what he left behind, and you also look at what's important in your life.